0: hello and welcome to the Infinite Improvisation podcast. I'm Lauren Best here with Steve Tressler And we're looking forward to another how episode
1: <laughs> Yeah so the f- this f- fourth how episode is about deep listening or listening as a creative practice instead of thinking and planning and how, how do we how do we listen in different ways to inform our our art and creating, yeah, creating new art and new music.
0: Awesome. And it's so important. Yeah. I mean, we also can't stop doing it, listening. But we can yeah. change how we're listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yes, yeah, so this deep listening as a as a practice. Uh, the term deep listening comes from a multi instrumentalist and composer, Pauline Oliveros, who created this deep listening as a practice as her time as a composer and teaching at Mills, Mills College. And she's gonna help guide our, our discussion. And I'm actually gonna play a short quote. It's a little one-minute video for talking about listening and consciousness. So this is um, related to what what you just said. So here's here's Pauline.
2: Uh, hearing being uh, what happens with the ear and that what the ear does. I mean, uh, uh, I'm I'm getting pretty radical in saying. I think that uh, that which is called ear training in music schools is really wrong. Mm. You can't train the ear; it does what it does, right? It's a microphone. It's a microphone. It does. Cool microphone. It's it's a very cool microphone. It does what it does. Uh, But what what can be trained is listening, and that's what technology is doing is is changing the way we listen. Uh, it can't change the way we hear, but it can't, but our listening is, is the uh, kind, I think that listening is probably very close to what we call consciousness.
1: Yeah. So as, as you're saying, we can't turn off our ears, but we can direct our attention to pay attention to what's coming in. You know, we have a lot of information coming in from all our senses that we ignore (laughs) regularly, (laughs) whether it's the sensations of what you're Feet in your shoes right now or tell my um who knows the feeling of the saliva in your mouth Oh, as soon as you pay attention to it you've got all this input that we're largely mm-hmm. ignoring because we can't brains can't pay attention to to all of it uh so here's a quote from her deep listening handbook the deep listening is a form of meditation attention is directed to the interplay of sounds and silences Sound is not limited to musical or speaking sounds, but inclusive of all perceptible vibrations.
0: Awesome. And I find so much, like, once we start listening, it, it we, at least for myself, I start to think, how was I ignoring that before? Mm-hmm. Like, as you're saying, we can start to become aware of so much more th- than we even knew was mm-hmm. happening.
1: Yeah, and that's something I do with students and in workshops that we just kind of stop to listen to all the, the ambient sounds in our environment you know, we talk about music being sound on silence but it's rarely actually
2: silence.-hmm
1: I'm not sure if this makes great radio but let's just t- take a moment everyone we're gonna listen to our environment and see if you can draw your attention to something that you weren't that you weren't aware of. Here we go. a little dead air. Okay, we're still here. The show's the show's still going. What did what did you hear here in your environment or some directed listening?
0: Well, I I took off the ear cup also, mm-hmm. but I couldn't help but notice the amount of sound that was actually being created by my hair and headphones
2: mm-hmm.
0: moving against one another and just oh. like. I mean that's what's closest to my ear i was hoping to yeah. listen outward more right yeah. but i actually found that there was <laughs> there was so much no- like that i was noticing like just from that and from mm. like the i'm um, not hum but just like the the room sound um mm-hmm. in, in my headphones so i still actually didn't get beyond this part of my head yeah. because i was suddenly so aware of that
1: yeah so how often do you actually you hear your hair in your headphones and just ignore it right so now as soon as you <laughs> yeah take your attention to it it's like oh wow that is really loud yeah i heard some i mean i knew i was gonna hear some traffic sounds and i thought i heard some water dripping i was like where's that coming from and then i forgot there's a clock in here that's ticking i was like oh yeah i'm in this room hours now hours, even without headphones on and i'm not even aware of the clock ticking i'm like, yeah, I'm like can yeah. you hear that and all the things i've been recording from home is there always a clock ticking there that i just didn't thinking about right. oh there's all these sounds that are going into my my home recordings
0: but. Yeah, I, I remember being in a massage and, yeah. and towards the end noticing that there's a clock ticking. And I'm thinking, how do you work in this room all day long with that clock ticking there? And then I, I realized, like, I didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. But then once I did, <laughs> I really mm-hmm. did.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so that kind of listening to our environment is is, is one, type, one type of listening we're doing creatively. Just what, what's around us, that kind of re- receptive listening i know what are your thoughts on either expanding on that or other ways or directions that we listen
0: oh i just keep thinking about i'm not sure if this is answering your question as you were hoping okay but this moment um earlier in the spring where i i saw this like tiny little bug jump Mm -hmm. in the grass (laughs) because i was out in the grass with my kid and it looked like a tiny grasshopper like tinier Mm -hmm. than i'd ever seen grasshopper before um like you know we're talking about like like, you know, like half a centimeter long. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure I am Canadian because I'm giving you a centimeter. (laughs) Um, And it jumped, but I could actually hear it land because there were like leaves and like things in the grass. And so like, even though it was this like tiny, tiny bug, I could hear its little tiny footsteps, Mm -hmm. right? As it landed on something. And so even though I hadn't noticed this, like any bugs before then, Mm -hmm. you know, and then once I noticed one and how it went like, (laughs) You know, as it landed on this little this little um, leaf, I noticed suddenly that there were tons of these tiny little jumping bugs and I could hear their little jumps. And Mm -hmm. so, like, once I drew my attention to it and I was quiet, even though I only saw one at first, I heard more footsteps. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there are more of them. I can hear Mm -hmm. them because I could hear them jumping all around me. And then I looked more closely and I could see these tiny Mm -hmm. Tiny little jumping things. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, and how does that? Is there some lesson there? I'm not sure.
0: Um, <laughs> you never know whose footsteps you're. Yeah. In. <laughs>
1: um,
0: well, I think it like, but a visual cue drew my attention towards mm-hmm. it, right? So, yeah. like, n- listening is not always a question of just like turning our ears, right? Like, we mm-hmm. can, we're sometimes using other cues. Um, to to see what happens there, or like creating situations where we're making sounds um, in new ways, but it's also engaging our listening and our perception in new ways. An activity I've um, done in in classes with young people and their teachers uh, that, I read about uh, from the works of Armory Schaefer, who's a Canadian composer, um, is passing around a piece of paper and getting every student to make a different sound with this piece of paper. Mm. And so that's partially like a creative exercise Um, We're trying to, like, invent different ways of using this piece of paper. But what it also is, is that suddenly you have this group of 20 or 30 people who are all listening really intently to a piece of paper. And we're trying to hear all the details um, in the sounds that are created, which are of a much different, um, like, volume level and timbre than we're often expecting when we're doing something creative with sound.
1: Yeah. And even relating it back to other senses, right? Pauline was saying that it's the perception or all perceptible vibrations. So that can include light, I I suppose. But yeah, returning your attention, it can be very broad where you're taking in everything that's coming in around you or like narrowly focus it, you know, is it like a narrow beam of light that we're, or like a spotlight, what we're taking in. And this can happen. I mean, if we're going to relate that to a musical performance too, we can, it's a, important skill to be able to listen broadly maybe to the sound of the entire ensemble and the room around us but then we have to like narrow into if you have a stand partner you're playing listen to the person next to you or turn your attention to one instrument or an entire section just different ways of using that same kind of attention in, Mm -hmm. in that in that kind of context whether you're listening narrowly or broadly
0: yeah and it really draws to mind how like very specific knowledge or skills to kind of use that we, we want to go through listening and not necessarily through there are times to create with it too but I'm thinking of, of two things one is bird calls
2: mm.
0: right how like you can go out at a particular time of year or in a particular place and if you aren't familiar with the bird calls you might not even notice them at all or you might mm-hmm. notice them and be like, oh, those birds are kind of noisy, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But if you're at all becoming familiar with bird calls, even if you only know one, right, then mm-hmm. you probably hear the chorus of birds. I always end up talking about the birds.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: You might hear the chorus of birds and then you're like, ah, and a blue jay, yeah. <laughs> you know? But then like as you gain more knowledge of the different kinds of bird calls, through listening you start to have a, a like a different kind of experience of that because you're able c- to connect it to similarities and differences or to birds you know or maybe you're like ah, oh, i don't know that one but it sounds mm-hmm. kind of like this and suddenly it's a much deeper and
1: richer experience mm-hmm. um and then we can buy that app we were talking about that'll identify it for you and maybe uh, there's make a free the ex- one
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> i found it. Yeah, oh, yeah okay free, we'll, we'll see free if they're any good
1: and does that make the experience better or worse i'm not sure uh but that <laughs> anyway i want i want to try it but that's yeah. interesting because, yeah, our ear being like the microphone, it just pulls in all these birds, the, the bird songs. But what is what is familiar and what, what have we trained ourselves to hear?
0: Yeah, Relating and so back to, I... to
1: ear training, like hearing, uh, oh, this is a uh, your brain's getting the same input, but now something unfamiliar becomes familiar and it means something means something different.
0: Totally. And so I think of like the elements of music and how we often train ourselves to listen to notes and rhythm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like we often actually don't spend nearly as much time um, paying just as much attention to other qualities, like to Mm -hmm. the kind of to to the timbre, to the groove or to... Mm -hmm like there, even even articulation i think sometimes i it depends on the instrument maybe but sometimes suffers because we're so focused on hitting notes or yeah. or or hitting particular hitting particular rhythms sometimes when, when we're learning we're only focused on the notes and we forget about yeah. the rhythms too <laughs> um but that so that that kind of increasing the depth um and or the quality of our listening overall means we're going to be getting much more out of that listening experience yeah
1: yeah, timbre is a huge one for me. Some of my favorite musical record, just the particular sound of the instruments, or even the recording production, or something that just draws me in. Realizing I can hear a same perf- like a live performance of something that was like a you know a casual recording. It's like oh, it doesn't reach me the same way. It might be the same notes, but without this like immersive timbre mm. that's so captivating, it, it falls flat. But yeah, mm-hmm. also listening to the sorry about the dynamics or even the form. You know, paying attention to how is this developing. Mm-hmm. yeah beyond beyond the notes beyond the notes and rhythms
0: mm-hmm. yeah and then yeah. when we talk about form it becomes like like we can listen in these really short moments and then there's the like the what happens when we listen over a longer period of time mm-hmm. and how um our perception changes when the amount of time is stretched
1: yeah absolutely. or when the
0: form within that time yeah. is changing
1: yeah so this is largely i guess in the the category of listening where we're being um perceptive to what's what's going on around us and also what's in this category is you know listening deeply as we're training as as musicians you know finding really inspiring artists or recordings or live performances and you know listening really deeply and trying to assimilate and 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 copy what we can i mean that's a stage we all oh, continue to go through but especially when we're in the early development stages having these models and listening listening closely Mm -hmm. to that and in the next episode too we'll be talking about like deep listening to you know recordings of ourselves and our performances and um again and this is all this is all related to listening to the the little bugs popping around too but with that (laughs) level of of intensity and, and focus
0: but you know what's interesting is like you refer to the intensity and focus of it but in that moment it felt like super easy like it didn't feel like i had to like really focus in like, yeah. you know it's not like i was like i have to hear these bugs mm-hmm. like it wasn't yeah. like that even though it was like a, a high degree of attention and focus mm-hmm. it it felt really gentle and exploratory and and that's what i love about the listening as opposed to doing um mm-hmm. is we can access i think different states of consciousness and different yeah. states of states of being
1: yeah from that performance psychology class i took through uh, Noah Kagiyama's the bulletproof musician course he kind of brings he just he, we're like oh how, how do we how do we focus and you know like trying to make sure we're we're focused. Actually, where our brains are designed to focus, if you if the right thing triggers our attention, we don't have to try hard to focus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you you turn on a screen in a room full of preschoolers and every you know they don't have to try to fo- the right novel stimulus comes in and we just zero in on it. So
2: mm.
1: where it does get hard if, if we're if we're forcing ourselves to focus on something that's not. Engaging or interesting, or you know, doing your taxes or something. Okay, I've got to focus on this. It feels like a real, a real stretch. Uh, I wanted to share some of Pauline's uh, deep listening pieces, and this comes from her, uh, yeah, deep deep listening, a composer's sound practice, and what she says about these about her her compositions. Uh, the range of notational practices employed to present my work as a composer includes conventional staff notation, graphic notation, metaphors, prose, oral instruction, and recorded media. And sonic meditations are notated through prose instructions or recipes. And mm-hmm. some of these are in written form only, and she'll change these instructions, giving you know, adapting them to the the people in the room. And so here's here's a here's one called earpiece it's a series of 13 questions and so her piece of music is your response to these questions is the piece hmm. all right lauren and listeners are you ready
0: but hold on <laughs> i'm going to engage with these questions like 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 <clears throat> me and the listeners are doing this together yeah, yeah you're doing you're
1: yeah. doing this and you're you're listening to the own answers. So this is the dialogue in, in your head
2: Okay.
1: (laughs) if you feel moved to shout out a response, I suppose that's okay. But all right. So earpiece is from 1998 by Pauline Oliveros. Are you listening now? Are you listening to what you are now hearing? Are you hearing while you listen? Are you listening while you are hearing? Do you remember the last sound you heard before this question? What will you hear in the near future? Can you hear now and also listen to your memory of an old sound? What causes you to listen? Do you hear yourself in your daily life? Do you have healthy ears? If you could hear any sound you want, what would it be? Are you listening to sounds now or just hearing them? What sound is most meaningful to you? There we go. There's our first deep listening piece.
0: I have to say that was incredibly challenging (laughs) because I was hearing my baby waking up from his nap and crying. And so for all of these questions, that sound was literally in the background. And I just felt myself getting increasingly and someone's getting the baby. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> but I felt myself getting increasingly hotter and unable to, th- <laughs> to think of the responses I wanted to instead of this sound, which was so um, like connected to me at the core that it was like overtaking my consciousness.
1: <laughs> but that was it. That was your art experience
0: exactly and it was a very like physical experience of that
1: yeah so it's um but yep i mean you were thinking the experience was going to be something else and that's that's what it was um
0: (laughs) exactly it's as as it so often goes right
1: yeah but a lot of those questions are you hearing while you're listening are you listening while you're hearing if we hadn't yeah, but listen to the the clip of her talking. You might be like, "Well, what's what's the difference? What's why is she harping on this hearing versus listening?" We we have a little more insight into what that into what that that means. Mm, but this actually, oh yeah, good. Ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just thinking the way the questions are designed, though, is that even if we hadn't have had that, I mm-hmm. think that it sort of leads to those considerations.
1: Yeah, and those questions also transition. Into another area I want to get to, which is audiation, which is imagined sounds. So sounds that we're we're imagining on our own. Um, like, can you also listen to a memory of an old sound? And this is uh, in, yeah incredibly important tool as a as a, as a musician, well, and as a as a human and a human musician, listening and imagining previous sounds or me uh, listening to to sounds that you're dreaming up on your own
0: Mm -hmm. and it it also starts to ask us how much of what we think we hear is actually imagined sound based on Mm -hmm. what we are expecting things to sound like (laughs) and how much are we actually hearing all the sound at the time
1: yeah um yeah that was a friend of mine uh, Michael Van Beber is is transcribing a bunch of famous Charlie Parker solos that have already been transcribed before, but now um, it's known for having some errors in the f- the famous version. So he's redoing it to be complete. And he's realizing there's certain notes that were written down that everyone plays and you listen to Charlie Parker's recording and you think the notes are there and you listen, but he was just slowing down and filtering stuff out. And these notes just aren't there, but we hear mm-hmm. them because we're so used to looking at them and having played them ourselves. Mm. So you listen to the recording and you hear these notes that, aren't actually there
0: totally totally or if you listen back to yourself speaking or other people speaking or you know people leave out words or not say the word they meant to and often Mm -hmm. we still understand it and we just i mean there's been there's things like this with reading too right like where we can remove some of the words and still read it or or read things that are i've i've uh seeing things that are half French half English and I can mm-hmm. you know yeah, I can still read it even though it actually doesn't really make sense but um, but our brains are able to, to put things together that's a little right. different than half French half English but you know yeah. when actual like words or sorry letters are removed um, it can work
1: mm-hmm. yeah and so, yeah fairly recent term this idea of audiation which is a word I think I said earlier which is the it's imagined sound so sort of the idea of visualization you know you can imagine, your childhood home if you close your eyes you can see a picture of it but audiation is hearing sounds maybe getting a song stuck in your head or if you can imagine now think of a piece of music that's really important to you another take another another dead air time but just think of a piece of music and then like hit the imagine hitting the play button and you're listening to it and try to hear it as vividly as if you're listening through speakers or hearing it live Okay, well, hit pause. So everyone who's listening, we were all in the same space together, but everyone's having a vividly different experience mm. unless we happen to all choose to listen to the same song. But
0: And interestingly, un- un- yeah. even if we all did the same song, mm. like if we all imagined, like, happy birthday to you, the happy mm-hmm. birthday song, each of us are going to imagine that differently, right? And so if I, mm. if I said, imagine the last time you heard happy birthday, yeah right but i imagine yourself singing happy birthday hmm. and i I've like f- i think it gets for some people it can, some of these will be harder or easier for other people and then mm-hmm. if i said you know like imagine a flute playing happy birthday hmm. imagine bagpipes playing happy birthday
1: yeah, and we're all hearing it slightly Slightly mm-hmm. differently from what we're imagining, or even more narrow, you know. Imagine, imagine, imagine by John Lennon. We all hear it in our head. We all remember it slightly differently, so it's not going to be the same, the same experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but drawing on that is so important, especially for getting to improvising or creating our own, our own music. You know, one approach is being able to you may prehear or audiate something in your head, and then you want to get it on the outside on your instrument. And as we were talking off air about that, there's different different approaches. Um, you know, are we supposed to be playing what we hear or pre-hear or play something that might, or sing something that might, that might surprise us? Mm-hmm. And there's a, a couple of little quotes here I've queued up for my ebook, but, uh, Art Farmer, the renowned jazz trumpet player says, you really have to practice the coordination between the mind and the fingers, the ideas and the body, and you've to practice finding the ideas on your horn and getting there at the same time as the idea comes into your head. It's a matter of developing instant touch hmm. so i like calling it that and one other we'll have this queued up Stephen nakmanovich another quote from free play where do we go to listen to the music that has not yet been heard there is a place in our body where we can listen where we can turn and listen if we go there and become quiet we can start to bring the music up
0: mm-hmm. and i'm very curious about different forms of audiation and how different mm-hmm. people may experience that Differently, And some people, you know, pair um, visualizations with Mm. audiation or for some people that comes really naturally to pair visualizations or some people have other um, like synesthesia type experiences Mm. with audiation. But I know with visual imagery, like some people think in images and some people do not have visual imagery regularly (laughs) Mm. and some people have like an internal dialogue or internal narrative and they would say like Mm. they think in words. Um, which apparently not everyone does um, so I'm very curious and i'm 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 asking this before before like looking into it in a lot of detail. I'm sure there's been some research around it but I'm I'm guessing that we are going to learn more and more about audiation and about how, uh, like the how different individuals may be unique from one another. Um, or and how that may compare or contrast between different mm. people and different life stages and different cultures.
1: Yeah, and it's where we're, you know just how our memories are formed. It's not like we just hit record on a camera and document everything. I mean, this could be why eyewitness testimony isn't really reliable because what we remember isn't the same thing as what happened. The way that our brain stores mm-hmm. it and packages it. So it's similar with audiation. and I imagine some people can hear. Th- yeah, people hear things in. In different ways and some might imagine music on a staff paper or you know as with synesthesia with cross, which is crossed senses in some ways where some people who hear particular sounds it activates the visual centers or certain touches might taste a certain way or mm-hmm. um, so that's yeah that'd be interesting Mm -hmm. interesting to know yeah look into what kind of research is out there yeah i don't know much about that
0: what what they do know um that i that i've read up on a little lately Mm -hmm. is that in the development of audiation comparison between different um like for example different tonalities is important so children so they they have done experiments with children where they listen to all major music and then like to a, a variety of music in a variety of tonalities and they found that the children who listen to a greater variety sang more in tune in major keys mm. um, not like one might think oh if they listen to all major keys that's what they're going to know best and that's what they'll, the, they'll you know perform best but it was actually the variety gave them a way of comparing different things and so they had a better understanding of the major tonalities by hearing a, a, a wider variety of tonalities we need mm. comparison in order to yeah. be able to make meaning um, and so Again, this kind, of, this this brings us back to the importance of listening and of developing our listening and mm-hmm. and of exposing ourselves to different types of things to listen to, um, but also just increasing our awareness so we can let our conscious and our subconscious do do that comparing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember reading, I'm trying to remember where I read this, but some studies about developing perfect pitch, like he- hearing a note on an instrument and, and knowing what the name of it is. So it's something that a majority of musicians even professionals cannot cannot do and a lot of like i grew up they're saying it's something you're born with some people have perfect pitch and go oh that's an f sharp minor chord Um, and a lot of us can hear the intervals and the relationships between the notes but not the absolute pitch most of the time but i had heard it it looked like that it is something that can be developed but during that early critical period if it was before age four or five so it's sort of the the same time where we're more easier for, for us to learn native languages and mm. the things like like that so it is something you can learn i've known someone as an adult that was working really hard to do it and got got pretty close but nice it's, uh, interesting at what yeah how that how that all develops but yeah back to audiation i let's i'd like to are you, are you do you want to pl- do you want to play a, game? Let's play a yeah. game no this is the intuitive melody game i i i, hmm, I haven't quite set it up like a game i guess but when i say (laughs) do you want to play a game do you want to compose a song it's always yeah people like okay let's do it so let's we we can each let's each do this i'll have i'll I'll walk you through it and i'll go through the same process so basically Mm -hmm. taking um so i'll have you yeah at the at the keyboard i'm at the keyboard and and the microphone if as as possible Mm -hmm. and yeah just take Taking a few, you know, a few breaths just to kind of center yourself a bit, and then what I want you to do is sing a pitch, and then match it and find it at the piano. So I don't know if you have perfect pitch. If you do, that's easy to match it on the piano. Otherwise, it's a little trial and error, or you may be in between notes on the piano. But
0: mm-hmm. I do not it. have perfect pitch. Spoiler alert. Okay, so <laughs> sing
1: a note, and then you'll find the nearest one at the piano through t- trial and error, and then you then you'll match singing and playing it.
0: Cool. I actually hear. The note already
1: okay which is i was
0: not expecting i was hoping to just sing and then he <laughs> read,
1: find that note
0: it was i think closest to a flat
1: okay so now so now you'll you'll play play and sing the pitch and listen and let your inner hearing guide the next note it'll reveal the next note of your melody then sing the second pitch and find it on the keyboard so it's like listening singing playing so start with the a flat and then move to the next one Here we go. Now do your, You got your two-note two-note melody. So sing and play it at the same time.
0: Together, like sorry, together or in sequence.
1: Uh, in sequence. Mm-hmm. Major third. See, I was hearing a minor third. I think that might have been wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I okay. think
0: I. I don't think I was singing in pitch. Like I think I, I sang a very flat. I, or did you? Mm.
1: No no no, I mean in my head. You that was oh, what you were like singing. Oh, like in your
0: head to go between. Yeah, no no
1: no, I was I was making a bad joke, but
0: but I don't you think know? I sang exactly the C and I didn't like as I was singing it, I was kind of like, "Uh, I don't know if that's even what I wanted to play. Like why that note? Thanks uh, brain." Yeah. And then like as I and then as as I played it like yeah, it was really interesting. It was like I was like um uh, yeah. You just the piano isn't such like a, a everything is so like discreet right and so like yeah. where well, I was... that's the
1: problem with yeah doing this with a with a piano now we're boxed into western equal temperament which uh totally that's its own, whereas... that's, its own that's its own issue
0: yeah like my instinct was to go a little out of that like yeah. i i i yeah, it was strange. I guess okay. we'll
1: use your keyboard as a limitation for now. But uh, <laughs> OK, yeah. but analysis after creating, right? That's next episode. So let's then just continue that process. So now play your first two notes and then sing the third and con- and then continue that process until it feels like you've reached the end of a phrase.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and then sing those three in sequence and then add the next.
0: It's really hard to turn off my brain for this. I think I should try it with my eyes closed sometime mm. because I'm I'm hearing things before it's even like time to hear the next thing oh. so then when it's time to hear the next thing I end up hearing a different thing and I'm having to consciously choose whether to follow like oh. m- what I remember hearing or what mm-hmm. I
2: <laughs> what I, mean, I am you, now either,
1: yeah either way it can work I would just yeah wait until that exact moment and see what you hear yeah hear then. all right let's keep going unless that's the end of your phrase hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, <laughs> so it's uh, very hard not yeah. to
0: follow it. It's so hard. Like... Yeah.
1: That, that can work too. Well, what can you follow it and play? That is so this is what Art Farmer was talking about, the instant touch. Can you play? So okay, well let's let's release the limitation and just let you let you go.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm cheating all over the place. It's like oh. they're, like, so interconnected. I, I think, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so hard to turn off my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I, yeah. It, and actually, I was doing this this morning on guitar. Mm. Um, Much harder on guitar because I, I'm not nearly
1: as fluent you know, on, let, with guitar let, as I am. With, little, um, but yeah, if you make the adaption, I mean, the whole point of this is to, create a melody through listening and then intuiting the melody rather than trying to plan and think of something like it's already, you're like revealing a melody that's already there.
0: Yeah. And it felt like, it felt like so many melodies were emerging so quickly,
1: Oh,
0: (laughs) you know, it like, do you find that is like somewhat typical that like, like you're just trying to hear the next note and you're hearing like the next six notes.
1: Hmm. Yeah, often or I can hear it in two different directions or I, on purpose, I'll rege- the first thing that I hear, I'll like reject it and like, let's hear something else. And I'll do that just to maybe break out of maybe patterns that I that I fall into. Yeah. So that definitely happens. But if you do it in the step where you do it one note at a time, sometimes you know, following different process, you'll get a different, you know, you'll get different, different results.
0: And interestingly, it's like it picked up steam as it went. So, right, like the first note was one thing. And then once I had two notes, right, Mm -hmm. like the second note felt a little off. But then, like, once I was... (laughs) Yeah. once i ended up in in a major totality like my brain was like i know where this goes yeah. and then suddenly like every thought i had even if i tried to be like not that let's do this then it would mm-hmm. still be like there were just yeah like my my audiation would run away from me like,
1: yeah.
0: every time you know like you just be like <laughs> yeah and,
1: and in this case this is the time where you just kind of follow what you hear and follow the intuition I think that that would work. But if you feel like you're always slipping into similar tonalities or and you want to break out of it, that's where we use limitations from the previous episode, too, which is a different challenge for then you're you're putting mm-hmm. a different set of limitations.
0: And if uh, I was doing this with myself, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. if I was um, like just spending a, a bunch of time trying to like use this sort of as a prompt. hmm. What I think I would do is because I'm having like melodies upon melodies upon melodies is I would kind of like free play and sort of try to get some of those out mm-hmm. um, or maybe even sing a bunch of them and just let yeah. it like go, 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 because then they would already be out. They would already be mm-hmm. have something I like created and remembered <laughs> and yeah. I can remember doing in hopes that then I could approach the activity mm-hmm. with like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've gotten them out of the way, kind of, mm-hmm. is one approach I might take.
1: Yeah, and rec- rec- yeah, recording all of that so you can come back to it and maybe it could be, a, you know, different sections of it. And,
0: totally, and, like, sometimes you know, it's, it's like, It must oh. be so
1: hard for you to have an endless flow of musical ideas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's not, yeah. like, it's it's sort of like, oh, I guess I have lots of ideas right now. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> like mm-hmm. But, like, it's not necessarily, like, it feels almost like remembering someone else's idea like it's Mm -hmm. not it's it's like how with language right we get to Mm -hmm. a point with language where if you hear someone say half of a sentence you can likely finish their sentence and it might not be correct but it will sort of like seem right and then you know you reach a point where if you hear someone give half of a speech you might be able to like make up the entire second half of the speech right Mm -hmm. um but yeah sometimes it feels like there's lots and lots of ideas but it's almost like they aren't um like I'm not directing them the way I want. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like I'm hearing them, but it's not necessarily what I'm looking for, or what I'm yeah. wishing would appear. It's like this flow. So yeah. the other strategy I would take with myself, if you're mm-hmm. if you're curious, yeah. um, is I would try this like really, 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 really slowly. Like I would spend like 30 seconds to a minute with each note. so that i tried to like remove myself from some of those other like urges and ideas and rather Mm. than like finishing the sentence with what comes to mind right away because my brain can just do that (laughs) right Mm. i would try to like really sink into each note and see if by stretching it out i could kind of remove myself from some of those like typical like cadences yeah But I mean, there's nothing wrong with coming up with something that's in typical cadences. But I just I felt like I was responding with. um, Well, (laughs) 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 I felt like I was like some politicians who say a lot of catchphrases.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're just going back to going back to your sound sound bites. Well, and then I know when you come up with something and it seems like you're remembering it and then people are worried about, oh, no. Did I, did, is this already another song? Did I steal someone else's song? Like you accidentally wrote something that you're just remembering. And at this point, just keep going with it. I know, I guess it's got Beatles on the brain. When Paul McCartney wrote yesterday, at that point, it was scrambled eggs was the first line. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he was walking around. Wait, has someone else wrote this? He thought that, you know, someone was describing him walking around like he thought he was Beethoven or something. He had this melody, but he was so convinced that he didn't write it. He just thought it was a gem and wasn't sure if it was really his or not. But
0: yeah, totally. I guess we'll get to that to-
1: later. Well, let's let's you try a, a, sl- a slow one. And then if your brain, you know, trying to finish the phrase, you can just kind of let those be there. But then when it comes time for the next note, listen for what you're hearing there for one note and then play the first few and then add the next one and see if we can slow, slow down the stream of wanting to finish the next seven in a row.
0: And I'm also going to try not to look at the piano so I can't think about the like key, yeah. (laughs) so I can't like think as much about what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: There you go. (laughs) That'll teach you to look at the keyboard,
0: okay. Yeah, okay. It's funny, I thought it was maybe G, it's F. (laughs) Okay. I felt like I'm, I want to go in between pitches.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. I didn't look, I swear. <laughs>
1: So now play your whole phrase from the beginning.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sing
1: and play it and then continue on until the phrase is over.
0: You know, I still want to... Like if we weren't recording right now, I would have mm-hmm. hung out on some of those notes and just like yeah. dipped the pitches and stuff. Like I'm yeah. feeling very quarter tony today.
1: <laughs> yeah, well that's uh, I, that that is a potential shortcoming of of doing it this way. The the trying to the instant touch, but through doing it at the moment in equal temperament. But
0: but at the same time, like that's that was cool. Like it was mm-hmm. like it was very interesting to me that that urge like emerged this time around Mm -hmm. because i was kind of having i'm sorry i'm interrupting the process i was kind of having that the first time right Mm -hmm. but i squashed it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then i like was playing you know had all these things in mind that were really like pretty Mm constant um and then there i was feeling like like, really just, like, sli- experimenting with just sliding pitches. Yeah. Like, if again, if we weren't recording where I was trying to, like, keep picking notes, I probably mm-hmm. would have just done a lot of slipping and yeah. sliding. Yeah. Which I actually, like, I, I do that with, like, the seaboard exploring or even, like, with pitch mm-hmm. bending on the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly with the voice. Lots yeah. of, um, especially, like, having played so much piano where, like, it is equal temperament. Like, really mm-hmm. experimenting with them. Um, what we do with pitch and the mm-hmm. voice, and noticing how others do that.
1: So, yeah. is, is your phrase complete, or was that an interruption in the middle? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I
0: didn't get the last nine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I said, yeah. I was feeling a lot of more, like chromatic movement and sliding mm-hmm. so again like i find these kinds of prompts i'm always wanting to break the rules i'm like mm-hmm. oh that's great now i can have an idea for something else yeah. i can
2: do with it
1: yeah and and maybe that that's it if you're trying to like come up with some new ideas it might be that so you, then you make the decision it's like am i going to stay within the limitation as the challenge and not go off onto something else or you follow the you know you eat the marshmallow and go in that tr- oh my, my, i'm feeling slidey pitch let's get rid of the piano or be able to have the pitch bend, and it may set you out into to something else. So when when does it when does it smart to stick with the limitation for the challenge, uh, and when when does that might just set the stage for something else? Like you have some kind of writing prompt for a poem, and then it, you have this other idea, and then just go and do that. But either way, you've uh, you've solved the solved the problem.
0: But slowing down, definitely cool to see in real time. Mm-hmm. Definitely, did it appear to you to be quite significantly slower than the first round? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, the first you were just going, and you had heard this, the like, kind of more stream of consciousness, like you were improvising, and I mean, you were like more like performance improvisation, where you just kind of hear the next flow of lines and go with it. And this, this one, it's sl- s- slowing, slowing down.
0: Yeah, and it did feel slower, but I was, I think I was surprised at how effective that was, (laughs) because, like, I don't feel like the runaway train as much. I feel like I'm going to be hearing for the rest of the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a little more, that's a little more what I was expecting from the exercise and how people approach it, but, you know, it goes different ways. But then, yeah, I mean, you're learning something about the process, and are you, when, when to go with the runaway train, or when to slow down, and which melody ends up being more meaningful it's interesting but and yeah, it's amazing
0: how yeah. much my audition really like mm. changed yeah still the same person sitting here still the same piano yeah. same episode yeah. right like we didn't change that much but mm-hmm. my audition experience
2: mm-hmm.
0: was totally different yeah
2: cool.
0: and like at the end I was like oh do I have to end the phrase here <laughs> like, yeah. I was like that's the note I hear it fine
1: yeah. uh, <laughs> you've got yeah you've a, you've quite a Vivid internal uh, conversation going with yourself. So.
0: <laughs> I didn't actually say all those things, but I just mean like yeah. I had, uh, I had yeah. some resistance. I actually, I think I don't talk with myself as much as some people do, mm-hmm. but that's what the energy would have said. I mean, because mm-hmm. like, I didn't really want to end on that note, but I was mm-hmm. like, there it is. It's in my head. I hear it. Can't mm-hmm. lie about that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the process. I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a, I'll do a quick one
0: yeah then we have to mash
1: them together no i I don't know what what we do with these melodies is some other thing whoa I, i i don't know how i did that okay Then at the end, I was like, oh, that was actually a whole tone thing. I don't normally like sing whole tone scales. How did that? It's just it's the way it, the way it went.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love how surprises come out of it.
1: Yeah. Again, like, oh, what would be good? Here? Part of me was going like, oh, what would be good here? No. It's like, nope, listen, listen. Okay. And then, mm. and then there's all kinds of things you can do, you know, take when we have these melodies. So I just like making a bunch of them, intuitive melody, intuitive melody, intuitive melody. And then you can choose one and what you do with it you can use that as a theme and do more variations and development, or that could be a baseline and you add something else on top of it, or you take the melody and put a baseline under it or some kind of groove, or there's so many different things you can, Mm -hmm. you can do. So in classes, sometimes all the students play an intuitive melody that they wrote is the theme. And then other people have different roles to Mm -hmm. give it different sound environments. But anyway, just, yeah, give everyone the, the, an introduction into the process of how we can use listening and audition to actually generate something. And mm-hmm. at a certain point with when you have, when you've exercised this muscle, you can do it more on the fly and being able to play and match what you're singing and playing
2: mm-hmm.
1: at, a fa- at a faster rate.
2: Mm-hmm. Or if
1: I'm playing saxophone, I can't sing at the same time, but sometimes I can tell if I'm pre hearing it and then play it. But if I'm playing a jazz solo and I pre hear something and I play something else, I may try to go back to what I was hearing or just, be surprised by what I played and then you know you don't have the the time to go back and edit
0: Mm -hmm. I keep thinking about like doing this with slash without piano because like I improvise vocally a lot and so like I do this fairly often without actually finding the notes on the piano I think it actually made me well I think it's it changed my audiation my thinking I think finding it on piano and playing it on piano almost made me less intuitive because I started thinking about like the theory of it or not looking yeah. at my fingers helped um
1: and yeah but... I use this for folks sometimes people can intuitively sing something and then might not have an idea of how to map it or whether it's important to write it down or not that's a whole other thing but if you want to
0: yeah yeah totally oh, if, make, it make, a, to... make a chart
1: for other people to play and, and, and read but no I'm I'm all for if we need yeah, take it off the piano or take it out of equal temperament that's all That's all good. But I do have a lot of students. Part of this comes from I have a lot of students that come in and go, I can sing all these ideas, but as soon as I put the saxophone in my mouth, it sounds awkward. And I'm trying to play the right notes and trying to make this connection between this like intuitive sense of something that's audiated and they can sing and it all fits. It even hits the harmony. And then you've got this obstacle of an instrument. Yeah. And nothing comes out. So that's what I like using this process.
0: Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. in
1: your case, for what you're talking about, yeah, ditch the, you know, follow the intuitive melodies and ditch the, ditch the piano and record it
0: but it forced me to slow down and actually do something repeatable Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like i can improvise intuitive melodies all day long in fact i often do right but whether those are something that like i i identify or repeat like this helped kind of like tease that out and slow it down and put an equal temperament which for better or worse today was me it was it was very interesting to have my awareness brought to that right I wouldn't say I, I I'm often not like I wouldn't say I'm often like improvising in super slidey places, but sometimes I am right, and so it was, it, it kind of helped slow down and te- tease out out um, what was going on because as as like as you're saying, like I could just sing and sing and sing like melodies otherwise, right? But this kind of creates a different type of process.
1: And for people that maybe you know. Don't feel like they can sing and sing and sing melodies. Like might be like me, who I'm not really a trained singer, so I don't intuitively. I mean, I I, I still will noodle around and sing sing things, but he's like, I can't think of anything. You know, we'll slow down and just listen, and he, and, and listen to what it's yeah. This workshop by um Anthony Wilson, a guitar player, and it was called like discovering or revealing the already complete musical idea. And he had a bunch of us in a room do this. We listened and then wrote it down without an instrument it was all just mm-hmm. listening to notation and then we all came up it was pretty powerful then everyone played you know played their played their piece and we listened to what we were all just coming up with in our imagination mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty awesome uh right on i want to wrap up let's let's finish with a, another pauline oliveros deep listening piece you ready mm-hmm. so our final piece that we'll perform with our listeners here This one's called Rhythms, 1996. What is the meter or tempo of your normal walk? How often do you blink? What is the current tempo of your breathing? What is the current tempo of your heart rate? What other rhythms do you hear if you listen? what is your relationship to all of the rhythms that you can perceive at once? What a performance.
0: I became aware during that that I actually could hear my heartbeat. At first I was like, I can't hear my heartbeat. I don't know. I'm going to have to take my pulse. And then I was like, I can hear my heartbeat. I actually, I can hear that, lub dub. It might only be because of the pressure of the headphones on my, like, on my uh, circulatory system. But I, I could, and it's really could interesting. Feel it.
1: I don't know if I could, if I could hear it. I was definitely feeling it. Let's see. And I still hear traffic more than my heartbeat. But yeah, that's a, that's. But then, yeah, you're just this like physiological blob of rhythms you know our breathing and our blinking and walking and all of that and there's your piece a really sophisticated polyrhythm with pulses that are shifting
0: yeah totally
1: and we're that's when we're performing all the time
0: well and, and our relationship to rhythm like i'm not someone who tends to listen to music when i when i run or jog because like I'm either really with the rhythm or not with the rhythm, right? Like it's kind of like being with the rhythm or not becomes like central to what's happening as opposed to it just being like a lighthearted way of like helping. Oh,
1: but then it's like a Steve Reich phasing or something you're in or you're off or if you've got like when there's like you're on the bus and the windshield wipers aren't synced with each other and they're together and get a little bit off. that kind of thing and that can happen with your run that doesn't make your run more enjoyable apparently
0: yeah yeah well and then i'm like am i tired i don't know i just have to stay with time (laughs) oh
1: yeah and if it's a little too fast like the yeah yeah training regimen or you got to get the right playlist at your at the right running tempo i guess
0: yeah and we we didn't talk a whole lot about about rhythm and about like just rhythm and breath and synchronization and entrainment and um, and the power of that, which is which is pretty pretty incredible. Both like you know just on a physical level of how things entrain, but how we entrain to each other, like how we fall into step with each other walking, how you know how moving together helps us feel connected because it literally does connect us. Um, like they've used music to help newborn premature babies like regulate their heart rate and their breathing patterns um because of the how much we can fall into sync with that
1: uh, it, it reminded me of i think i read from VJ or piano player talking about just different musical phrases and ma- mapping it to physiological process like a um like a musical phrase matches with with the breath and a, a, a pulse and the time signature would match with a step or a heartbeat mm-hmm. and or quickly moving phonetic kind of frenetic kind of rhythms like your fingers or your mouth or things that are moving very quickly, but all these different rhythms existing at once. And what 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 types of rhythms sound natural to us
2: mm-hmm.
1: can be very much mapped to how they exist in our body. But that's another another area of audiation, too, which we can get to pre-hearing a, a rhythm or a groove. And there's all kinds of other things that we can audiate, not just the pitches like we we're demonstrating today, mm-hmm. prehearing the rhythm, prehearing the timbre, or the form, or the instrumentation. There's all these things we can imagine, other than just note by note.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And that that again, um, and things that may like come more naturally to some people or other people, or you know, there isn't like a wrong way to audio, <laughs> like a or to um to to connect with rhythms. I'm thinking about how, um, just another thing with babies, how like the rhythms that. Um, babies here in utero and in the first few months of their life like imprint on them and then they find those rhythms more recognizable and kind of easier to move to or to, to make music to the, the rhythms that are presumably part of their culture like what they've been exposed to in that kind of like key time but we can certainly learn rhythms later too
1: <laughs> Hmm. sounds like we'll still have more to talk about we can have another like episode <laughs> yeah Sounds good, and we've been discussing. Yeah, we're going to be launching our Infinite Improvisation Discord, so you can join us for some of these experiments and conversations. And love to hear your intuitive melodies as we get that going, and our conversations around around these things. So we're looking forward to making this a, a multi directional conversation. We certainly enjoy broadcasting to all <laughs> of you, but getting getting folks connected. So you can join the mailing list at infiniteimprovisation.com and be kept up to date and you learn when we get our our community community started.
0: Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Until next time.